Good evening, America, and good afternoon, Australia, and welcome back to Radio Tony Everyday Business. I'm your host, Tony Lontis. Thank you for everyone listening live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitch. I have the gorgeous Payo ready and waiting to respond to your comments and questions and pop all the links into those spaces for you to take advantage. Uh, Today, we have a really special guest, and her name is Hazel Todd. And the interview today is entitled Empowering Women by Taking Care of Your Own Family and Your Own Estate Planning. We're really privileged to have Hazel with us on Everyday Business today. Hazel runs a a really busy legal practice and I'm appreciative of the time that she's taken to spend some 55 minutes with us today. But before I introduce you to Hazel, here's a little bit about her. Hazel is a solicitor author and business owner. She has been admitted to practice in law in Victoria, Australia and runs her own practice in Melbourne, Hayes Legal, dealing primarily with wills and estates as well as family law. Before emigrating to Australia, she was admitted to practice in Botswana, having read for her law degree in South Africa. She has experience both personally and professionally in the issues that arise with dealing with an estate after a loved one passes. She wrote My Life Manual, Estate Planning Information and Messages for My Executors and Loved Ones, and it's both an Australian edition and an international edition because Hazel believes that you can help those that we love even in the most difficult times after we pass away. And let's face it, audience, we're all going to leave this planet at some stage or another. Why not make life easier for the loved ones that we leave behind? When Hazel's not working, she enjoys writing, Latin and ballroom dancing and learning French. I love the French language, so I'm going to ask Hazel about that later. Her other works include The Dreamcatcher, A Journal for Success and Powerful Conversation, 10 Stories of Authentic and Effective Communications, for which she is a co-author. She's also written Unstoppable Women in Business as a co-author as well. We welcome Hazel to the show and we are appreciative of her sharing her wisdom and knowledge with us today. Um, Hazel, good afternoon and how are you? Excellent. Thank you for that lovely introduction. I'm feeling quite proud of that. Actually, you put it so well and your team. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm really, really in, uh, looking forward to the conversation with you. Fantastic. Hazel, um, let's start life before you emigrated to Australia and what prompted that move? What was life like? I know that I've talked to many um, Australians whose life started in South Africa and some of their stories are pretty darn horrible. So I'm really curious as to, for you, what life was like and what prompted the move? Oh, yeah, um, I mean, Africa is a, is, a, is a beautiful place, got a lot of resources, got a lot mm. of natural beauty, but unfortunately, politically, it's not doing great, and there's a lot of instability, a lot of crime, a lot of HIV, yes. so, so, so people yes. feel they don't have a lot to live for, so they want they want it now, so they're willing to do whatever. So crime, crime was a, was a terrible issue and a very very violent crime. Um, and having mm. three kids, I, I just didn't want to yeah. bring my kids up with that with that risk. And of course, Australia, as you know, has got every opportunity. I mean, there's, there's nothing you can't do here. So um, I'm just I'm just really grateful to be here. It's a, it's a fantastic country. 
I'm trying to imagine what it must have been like to emigrate with three children. How old were the kids when you moved, Hazel? Uh, there was five, seven and nine. So it was, um, you know, just all in the primary years, um, getting a, a new start, uh, sort of uh, different opportunities. Uh, there was, um, I mean, the education system's great here, even though we went to public, yes. kids went all went to public school, great, edu- great education, a lot of opportunities. Um, it, it was a bit, bit of adjustment for them. Um, I think yes. it was sort of the, for their peers, the novelty of these kids from Africa and, you know, yes. what, what, what was it like and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I think it was, it was probably a good time to come when they were younger and more adaptable. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. thrived moving and living in Australia, Hazel, I assume. Absolutely, yeah. They're they're all in university now. Um, my yeah. my eldest is, is finishing off her master's in occupational therapy. My middle son's oh, wow. doing uh, criminal criminology. He wants to become a police officer. Oh. Um, and mm. my youngest is is uh, studying economics and business, so he wants to go into to, to finance and investment. So you know, every opportunity, as I said earlier. Right. So it's it's fantastic for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looking forward to see what they what they become as young adults. <laughs> I know it's kind of exciting when they uh, head off to unity, university and start living adult lives because you just never know which way it's going to go and it's kind of fun because you've then done your your most of the hard stuff. It's, it doesn't change uh, no. how much you love them and how much you're invested in them, but they start to get that independence and adult life and it's really quite fun to see what happens. Uh, yeah. Hazel, when and you were... Go on. I was just saying, university is so so formative. I mean, I think if uh, you remember back to your university days, is when you sort of you, you really you know try new things, and uh, it's it's. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, university now, and when I was going, it was all in person. Now it's a lot of online, which kind of loses some of the flavour of and some of the experience um, of university. But it, you do become um, you do become someone different going through the process. I think so. It's, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. I'm looking forward to I the outcome. <laughs> Horizons. Um, Hazel, when you came to Australia, you then had to be admitted to the bar in Victoria. How much of a challenge was that for you at that time? Well, yeah, so I had to go back to uni and, and, and there's, uh, in law, there's, in, in Australia, there's the Priestley 11, which is the, the um, 11 core subjects that you have to have. So even though I had a Bachelor of Commerce and a Bachelor of Laws from South Africa, I had to get some of those core subjects done yeah. again. Um, and so even though I was, was never going to practice in those areas, was sort of constitutional law, administrative law, um, I had to go back and back to university and uh, and yes. study that again. Then I had to do practical legal training in like articles. Oh. Uh, so I had to go back to another college here and and um, and I wasn't the oldest person there. So there's, there's a lot of people doing life changes at all ages. So I didn't didn't yes. stick out too badly. And then of course I had to do supervised training, which was um, you know. Oh. Uh, under some uh, another solicitor, which was a bit weird, considering in, in Botswana I'd had my own legal practice for you know yes. was nine employees, and it was sort of, it was a little, little humbling starting right from scratch again. Yes. Um, uh, but um, not long after I uh, I finished all of that, I decided to go mm-hmm. into practice for my for myself. It's um, I'm, I'm definitely more of a work for yourself. I'm, I'm not not exactly employee yes. material. Uh, so yes. um, no, yeah, I'm, I just, just I, Yes, I'm delighted to hear that. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> as you know, Hazel, across Australia uh, currently, there's been lots of conversations about women in politics, women in power, and of course, women in the legal arena in Australia. I'm curious to know what sort of things that you either experienced yourself or heard from other women about being in the legal arena in Australia? Well, just recently, there was the, the top of the scale of more female solicitors than, than male solicitors in Australia, just I think it was about a year or so ago. But there is yes. still that glass ceiling and there is still yes. quite a gap in, in pay, which um, for me is just untenable. I just I, I can't imagine it. It's Absolutely. just uh, it's ridiculous. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess that's one of the reasons why I've gone into practice for myself to sort of beat my yes. own drum and, and even in my first first job in Botswana, um, I was I was actually billing more and, 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 and bringing more revenue in for the law firm and still getting paid yes. less than my male counterparts, wow. uh, uh, and that's just wow. insane. Um, uh, so I think a lot of women are sort of standing on their own, getting on their own businesses. Um, small businesses, I believe, in Australia, a lot of them are, are, are sort of female run, and and that's they what are. we have to do just to. To, to to find our own course bring, and, and bring a bit of more quality in our, in our own lives, yes. Uh, yeah, it's it, insane. <laughs> it is insane that in 2021 we're still talking about equality of pay. And when I, when I say that, I mean for the, the same amount of pay for the same amount of work. And I would yeah. hazard to say that for women in the legal profession, profession, there's a level of caring um, and attention that may not be apparent in their male colleagues. So if you go to um, a female legal representative, you're going to get empathy, understanding, sympathy, plus all that legal knowledge and wisdom. Um, So do you think that, that we're starting to see a change, Hazel? Some of it is still a little bit of dead man's shoes in order for promotion. Yeah. Um, but I, but I yeah. think there is, um, there is still that culture of, um, I'm the lawyer. What I say is right. And just listen to me. Don't worry. A pretty little head. Um, right. and I think female solicitors are, can, can feel empathy. They've, you know, they can, they can feel mm. what someone is going through and, and perhaps, Offer a more holistic service, but just be, yes. you know, human in, in the interaction. Um, and yes. and, and uh, I think just more, yeah, human. As I said, it's just you, you've yes. got it. These are people. Human. It's not just. A, yes. It's not. A, it's not a problem to be. Yes, it is a problem to be solved, but it's a human problem. And and there's people yes. behind it, and there's people who are affected by the decision. So it's all very well going. Yeah, do what I say. We'll win this, but at what cost? Sometimes, and yes. you know, you got to look at the big yes. picture because there's there's families involved, there's kids, you know, family law, of course. Yes. Yes, it's the, yes. the mother and the father divorcing, but it's the kids who really feel the heat of uh, and the consequences. Um, and, uh, and in particular in those environments and those scenarios, uh, I think a female solicitor can offer a lot more, generally speaking. Yes. In yeah. talking about the family law, again, it's very topical in Australia at the moment, talking about family law. There's been some recent changes. Um, I'm curious to know, in terms of the legal profession, are you seeing um, equal numbers of male and female judges, for instance? 
No, still, still that, still that inequality. Still, yeah. fairly male dominated. Um, yeah, it's sort of uh, you know. Obviously, you have to be careful to sp- oh, speaking of the yes. <laughs> of the yes, bench. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, yes. but there is yes, there is there is that uh, a lot of those old school judges and and I think a female perspective in any arena, in any business, in any industry will bring in something new and and balance something different and ba- balanced and, and different points of view, which you know yes. because. Women are we're half the population, sometimes more in different yeah. countries. Um, yeah. And you do need that balanced version of, of, of what life is and how things are going to impact and decisions will, yes. will impact various people. Um, so, yeah, I think if more female judges would definitely, uh, you know, to, to know what people are going through, um, know what, you know, yes. especially um, – Domestic violence and crimes against yes. women. Um, yes, you, you know you have to be able to see the, both both sides of that that story. Uh, Hazel, you practice in um, family law predominantly, and it's a really tough area of law to practice in. And I'm quite certain that you see a level of human dysfunction that is um, destructive. How do you cope with that as a beautiful, wonderful, empathetic woman? If you if you can contribute to, to just trying to make that situation better, then you can feel some sort mm-hmm. of purpose in, in the outcome, um, knowing that. You, and knowing and appreciating that you can see the big picture is is somewhat satisfying. At least you can feel that you're doing something, even though the outcome may not be what you had hoped for, uh, but yes. that you've just brought in those all those various elements that are impacted by any legal action, any uh, court case, family dispute. Um, but, yes, yeah, sometimes it is hard. You do see the, the things that people do to one another. And, and in the family yes. situation, it, it can be it can be heartbreaking. You see it on the news all the, all the time. And people yes. who love each other, supposedly, and they just uh, – yes. it's, it's very sad and disheartening what families can, and couples can do to one another. Yeah. yeah. You've just got to yeah. keep in mind you're just doing, doing your best and, and, that's all, and that's all you can do. Yes. End of the day. Yes. I, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, some of those really terrible high profile cases and how not only the fallout in impact on the family, but for you, the lawyer or solicitor involved in that, it must have an emotional impact from time to time. Um, is that where your love of ballroom dancing and learning French, those things that you do outside of your legal practice, do they help? Hazel? Oh, absolutely. You, you've got to have your own little bubble where you can just be without the, the world around. Yes. For example, dancing is, is, uh, is, I love it. You, you can get in there, you're on the dance floor, you're just feeling the music, listening, moving. Yes. And that's all there is. Um, if you haven't tried it, I thoroughly recommend it. It's just, uh, it's fantastic. You're moving your body, your mind, your, and you're just in your own little bubble. And it's fantastic. Yes. And you're concentrating on um, my husband and I went back and did, um, this is going back a little while now, uh, we went back and did um, <laughs> ballroom dancing classes before um, our wedding and, you know, we learnt a special dance and created special steps and then <laughs> and then <laughs> on our wedding night 
I, I'd forgotten to practice in my wedding dress and oh. <laughs> the train on my dress kept getting <laughs> stuck in my <laughs> so all these months and months of all this wonderful learning and, and uh, to dance and uh, it became same unstuck on the night and we ended up just uh, anyway that's my we loved it so I understand um your love for that because it, it it does take you out and you're focused on learning all those wonderful little intricate steps and 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 you're yeah. attached to the music and the flow and yeah it's a wonderful thing yeah, yeah. Hazel we talk um, a lot about women's empowerment, and I know from talking to you and and um, researching what you do that women's empowerment is very important for you. What does women's empowerment look like for you specifically? For me, I like to support female-run businesses. I, um, you know, I think we've got a lot of power with our dollar. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it speaks enormously. So if you can support small um, businesses run by women um, mm-hmm. in just various ways to counter the, the inequality and the pay gap, I think that I yes. think that's important. And I, I think I think also it's seen, and I'm not sure how correct it is, that, is that sometimes women mm-hmm. don't support other women. And, Agreed. You know, like, Agreed. Uh, yeah. And when I was sort of first starting out, people, oh, I don't want a female boss. And that, or that's insane. How could you want to elevate yourself but not elevate another woman? And yes. uh, you have to support each other and, and, and lift each other up. And um, if you're not going to be your own cheerleader, be the uh, cheerleader for others yes. of your gender, yeah. uh, you, you can't ex- you. Can't can't expect to have the benefits of, of being lifted up and empowered yourself if you don't do it. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I have my, my eldest sister is my daughter and I obviously want to see a world where, you know, she can do anything. You know, she's yes. a young woman. She shouldn't do anything she wants. And, and that we must, as, as other women in our generation and other generations, is, is do all that we can to, to, to push push women up in, in place in society and business uh, and, yes. and just support them. Um, men of, this is going to sound, I'm not, this is not men bashing, but men have supported no. each other in, in business. And yes, there is that boys club and old school ties. And, and that's yes. just how it's, how yes. it's been. And we've accepted that. Um, and it's, it's time for, you know, women to, to do the same, support themselves, support each other, and and support businesses by uh, by other women and and I guess it's the um uh, you know the golden rule you know you got to treat others as you yes. want to be treated so if you if you want to be supported yeah. in business and not uh, discriminated against because of gender or race or any of those things then you have to you have to do the same thing um, so for for my part I um I, I believe in. It, I've, I've incorporated that into my my wills and yes. my business and the way I do yes, business and, and offering a product yeah. to 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 help mm. other uh, other women and I think you know it's just this it's not a big contribution but it, you know if we all do our little uh, our part I, I think we can you know make the world better for for more people so that, that's well, it's hey, important. Well, yeah um, I think it's an important thing part of Part of what you do is in uh, with um, empowering women is you provide a specific product for women. Um, I know in researching um, the subject around estate planning and and for women, there's many, many women that that's not ever part of anything that they do in their life. And 
that leads to all sorts of problems uh, at the end of their life and, and after they've left us. Um, why do you think women don't make a priority to make wills, estate plan, et cetera, et cetera? On the one hand, uh, estate planning, you're facing your mortality. You're facing yourself being lost in the lives of your children. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're facing the end of the day. So sometimes, yes, it's easiest you to just sort of, I'll do it tomorrow. I won't think about it now. That, that's, a, that's a common problem. Um, and, of course, as, as women with our families, we're always prioritising, but, you know, we've got to do all these things yeah. for our kids and for our, for our families. Um, but ultimately, you, you, you really need to think of it as, yes, we all are going to pass away, as you, as you said in the beginning. Yeah, but you can, uh, you know, and while yes, that's a, a somber thought. You can think of your estate planning as actually an act of love. You know, you're providing yes, for your family. I agree. You, you you've taken the time to 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 pass on something to them, to create a gift, a, a legacy, yes. um, and also just to make life easier for them because you know they have yes. to deal with the loss of of their mum or their wife or, you know, that the, the, the yeah. significant person in their lives. And that's hard enough without having to yes. deal with legal stuff, which is, you know, uh, you, you don't have to, you don't have to deal with that. Um, and Agreed. I think if you can, can empower yourself to, to, to do that, you can really feel the love for your family. And I think that it that can actually be a, quite a beautiful thing, you know, to, yeah. to, to provide for your family and, and, and make a few steps and a few things in place, and um, and they'll be grateful for it. They'll, you know, oh, yeah. you know, mum loved me enough to, to do this or, or, or yeah. whatever. Um, uh, you know, I was to tell go on a sort of tangent. On on the weekend, I was at as a friend called and said um, a friend of hers was was. Um, quite ill yes. and so on Saturday yes. they rushed out to, to, did the will for them um, and then the next day they passed away um, and mm. I think you don't want to be doing that you don't want to have that thought oh, in your mind at that at, at mm. those last times and the, and the angst that the the, um, the the ill person's spouse was feeling yes. you know like oh yes. what am I it's so avoidable yes Hazel, can you step us through the things that you cover in estate planning, just the, the basics for the audience? Oh, we've lost so, Hazel. So avoidable, and that was, that was actually quite a profound moment for me. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. what happens to you after you? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, yes, you've come back again. Yeah, back, oh goodness, <laughs> you were there and I was apparently not. Uh, yeah. So, so the the first document is the will, which says what's going to happen to your assets after you pass away. An important thing for a lot of mums as well that's included in the will is what would happen to my kids. So, who's going to be guardian yes. of my kids? Should no one else be, you know, their their, their father not be there? That's a, a really important one. Um, and mm. then, of course, for some people, is what will happen to their body if they um, get cremated or yes. organ donation. Uh, so these are really big, important things. Uh, another document which is more important for older people is uh, powers mm -hmm. of attorney. Um, mm -hmm. So who can make 
decisions for you when you're still alive but unable to make them for yourselves um mm-hmm. and that just saves them having to go it's a very cheap easy document to get hold of it allows yeah. you to choose who's going to make decisions for you and mm-hmm. um it's a lot less onerous on the person who's actually making those decisions it's, it's a yeah. it's a no-brainer to, to get that and the third thing which is an the way I do my estate planning, which is not typical of other lawyers, I've got it's my book that you mentioned earlier. It's so it's yes, yes. Um, my my life manual, and in there that I think that's equally as important as as the legal stuff is firstly leaving information to your family of of you know where's your bank accounts, where's your super fund, um, and yes. and how to make their job easier, and then also uh, it, it provides opportunities and prompts for people to leave messages of of love and affection for their families and, you know, um, yes. little things that maybe you want to leave some prompts. Maybe you want to leave if your kids are young and then maybe another stepmother in the process. Maybe you, you still want to be remembered. Yes. You're still the mum, and you, you'd want that opportunity to put that information uh, out mm-hmm. there um, for your parents. So, so for me, it's a, it's, it's, it's a three pronged estate planning approach. You can have a more complicated uh, estate planning where you've got testamentary trusts, yes. which may be, important for if uh, your kids are very young or you want to you've yes. got a large estate and you want to protect that from being uh, exploited yes. you know the kids being exploited or that kind of thing or if yes. you have a special needs child who won't be able to manage and that's a, that's an important thing so there are other elements of it but, the, but it's essentially it's it's those three yes. uh, factors and you were prompted to write this book after the passing of your father in 2012, weren't you, Hazel? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I... When my, I, I uh, was his executor and, um, unfortunately yes. he had, num- uh, he had, well, fortunately he had a number of businesses. He had some businesses in South Africa and in Botswana and some assets in the UK because that's, that's where we're from. Yeah. And his estate planning wasn't great and it was very, very hard, um, because we had um. ideas of what was needed to be done and, um, and they weren't, you know, with conversations, what we'd had, the documents didn't match yeah. up. Um, and, oh. and unfortunately, yeah, and sad it is to say there was a, a legal, um, dispute with my mother and my brothers and, and I, and it, oh. while it, while it brings my, brought my brothers and myself closer, it, it did split mm-hmm. up the family. Um, and it's, yes. um, it, it is so avoidable. So if you, with proper estate planning, you, you can really minimize the risk of breaking up a family because Every law, yes. every probate court action is a family broken up um, for, you know, for for a very s- silly reason, really, in, in the, at the yes. end of the day. So, um, Hazel, if you're yeah, planning your estate and you say specifically, this is what I want to happen, then it's very difficult. Is this my understanding that it's more difficult for family who feel estranged or 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 I don't know left out of the will to challenge that if you've got very clear estate planning is that is that correct? The more clear your estate planning the less like challenged. Um anyone can challenge your will. I mean you you could pass right. away and I could challenge your will. Of course I'm not going to get very far but anyone yeah. can do it. But but part of the overall picture of, of, of estate planning is when someone comes to see me, we say, will, will anyone be put out by this will? 
And and if there is if yes, then you find out why, and you find out other measures uh-huh. that you can put in place to try and minimize the, the risk of that. Because right. if the court case comes after the person's passed away, obviously they they have no say, and that's why yes. that third prong of of my estate planning comes into play is is having that information of speaking from the grave, as it were, to to be able to have yeah. your say and minimize that risk. Some of those um, challenges actually come not for want of the money, but because they yes. uh, feel put out. Uh, they feel slighted right. by the person who's passed away, and it's in a, a, a way of uh, feeling, you know, of expressing their anger or, yes. or angst that how things yes. haven't come the way they, they expected. Um, and even if just having certain, the third prong of, of my estate plan, that information for people, they can come to understand. Oh, okay, now I know why they did the will in this way. I get it now. Right. Um, yeah. And, this, and 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 there's no need to challenge it. So that that information in itself, it's uh, it, it's priceless. invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. In over your course of um, your experience in in this area, how often are wills challenged, and equally? How often is that successful? I'm curious about why people would go through what I would think is an expensive, um, angst-filled uh, thing to do, and and what are the outcomes? Just a lot of the outcomes. Uh, generalised, yeah, so, I'm thinking. Yeah, in, in general, there isn't that many in the in the scheme of things, um, yeah. But you know, in terms of wills, but the, yes, there is enough to keep a whole sub uh, part of the industry yes. busy with with estate yes. challenges. Okay. Um, it, yeah, it's um, it, it is a big enough a uh, big enough part of the industry that people should really consider that this isn't that they need to get their estate planning in place to to avoid it, and people almost get a, a free shot at it in that sometimes the courts don't order costs against someone who may have a reasonable case. And right. a lot of people are sort of also hoping I'll push it and maybe in mediation before the trial, people will just be so fed up with it and they'll just say, they'll just give you yes. anything to, to, to make you go away. Uh, um, and that's a sad, sad reality of it is that, you know, people will take a shot at it. So if you've got pretty ironclad estate planning, you're going to lessen the likelihood of those sorts of challenges and, and arguments happening? Is that right, yeah. Hazel? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you've got – it's much, much clearer. The the reasons for your doing your estate planning are quite clear and uh, – You've, you've set out a history and, and documented so that yes. you can have your say even after you've passed away. Um, it's it's invaluable getting that, all those documents Absolutely. sorted and then in line, yeah. Yeah. So number one is your will followed by the bits and pieces of information that you want to have followed after you've passed and where yeah. all those important documents live in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in today's world, we've got. Sorry, go on. 
I was saying, like in today's world, we've got Bitcoin and all these digital assets as well. Yes. If you don't tell people yes. where they are, well, that's, yes. you know, you could lose a fortune in Bitcoin or, you know, superannuation or a bank account overseas. It's gone yes. if you don't tell people. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, Hazel, um, I wanted to ask you, we've talked about um, different elements of the legal profession. What's the most fun thing for you being in the legal business? What's the thing that you enjoy the most? Uh, I do, as nerdy as I sound, I do like problem solving. And sometimes when you get into a state mm. of flow of creating documents and creating solutions and uh, creating solutions outside of the box um, that, yes. that I sort of, you know, someone comes with a problem and you, yes, you can sue them though. That's the obvious one. But if you can find other solutions, yeah. it's, uh, that's so much more satisfying. Um, and then of course I've enjoyed bringing writing into, into my job in terms yes. of writing the books and um, yes. that, that sort of creativity of, uh, of doing something a bit different uh, has been quite fulfilling for me. Do you have scope within the family law side of the practice to come up with innovative and creative ideas for solving some of those really difficult to solve family issues? Do you have much creativity in in saying to the parties and the judge, well, what if we did X, Y, Z? Would that not work for both? Do you have that opportunity much? In, in family law, more so than in other areas of the law, in fact, because uh, okay. every family is, is, is coming in differently. And yeah. um, people sometimes it's just finding a solution where people feel they're being heard is, 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 uh, is the most effective. Uh, but, yeah, you can, can create some, some uh, different outcomes and it's, there's no sort of template outcome for, for a family law situation by, by no means. No, no. Uh, so that's no. A, that's a great thing about family laws. You can you can think outside the box. Hazel, do you think that the law is keeping pace with humanity in terms of technology and learning, wisdom, or is it um, a bit of a beast that is a bit slow to respond to current thinking and new ways of doing things? Yeah, it has been, but now it's it's, it's really taken um, on board technology. We've got, a, uh, for yes. example, all our conveyancing is done completely online, much simpler process than what what it used to be. Um, yeah, it, used to be, it really isn't quite streamlined, and even with the COVID. Uh, we've got sort of before that even with criminal matters it was more the technology was used in terms of streaming and, and yes. being present in court yes. via Zoom or, or whatever technology they, they use um, and now even which is what just I'm using in my own practice yes. is um, automation of documents so you can create so you can save some time in creating for yes. example Will's area that I use it on and it just makes it less expensive for, for your clients so you can Definitely. use technology to to be so much more effective um, and, and pr- produce a result a lot, a lot quicker. So it's definitely it's definitely coming up there. Um, I know when <laughs> when I started uh, practicing law over in Botswana, the, you know the uh, the principal used to dictate his notes and give it to the secretary. Yes. And she'd type them up. Yes. And, I mean, I mean, I, I and then send them out. And, you know, 
I'll send them out. And now it's, you know, you've got uh, document automation and voice recognition and emails and, and online filing of documents. And so it, it is encouraging to see that we, while we were a bit Absolutely. We, the law can be slow, it's not, it's, it is um, embracing technology. Yeah. Because sometimes you hear about different cases, um, particularly around um, family law, where uh, the children go from being a toddler to a, a preschooler within the time frame that they're trying to sort out whatever legal family matters need to be sorted. And um, I was just curious to know that that process was starting to speed up because of the technology that we have access to now. Uh, it's not so much speeding up the, uh, the bringing cases to fruition. So some cases, yes, yes can take a long, a, a long time. Um, and yeah. some people know how to slow it down, uh, manipulate. Yes. Um, and, and that is unfortunate. Um, so from beginning to end, there is still that you're still needing that judge to make a decision. Yes. Um, in, in those cases, and it's those, yes, there is still that, that time delays in those cases where technology is just, it just can't help you. Doesn't matter. Uh, and, and there was a backlog still from, from COVID where, uh, yes. you know, where you can't, where it just wasn't practical to get to everyone in via Zoom. Yeah. Absolutely. Hazel, do you think that there should be penalties for people who deliberately try and slow the legal process down? Yeah, I think so. Um, and people who try and use loopholes and the, yes. the system, the legal system here is is also so one of equity and law working together, sort of what is fair and right and, and what is you know. Um, yes. So sometimes yes. equi equity can make bigger problems. For example, there's a, with equity is what is fair and so on. Um, in family law, then we have less certainty yes. of what an outcome will be because we're saying, well, what's fair? And whereas if the law mm -hmm. says A, B, C, we know what's going to happen, but equity makes it less fair. But uh, so that, that it can be exploited in that way. So it's very hard to sort of pinpoint, well, someone's, Manipulating yes. the system and someone's going for what, what's fair. But yeah, there are cases where people just don't show up yes. and then they say, Oh, I'm yes. oh, sorry. I'm got the date wrong. And, and, uh, and, and in those con cases, it should be, there should be definitely greater consequences because they're wasting everyone's time and the court's time is valuable. Absolutely. It's a, it's a limited resource. Um, it is, but it still happens. <laughs> Hazel, in thinking about some of the more urgent um, matters that might arise from family law, for instance, if we're talking about the safety and protection of women in, say, a domestic violence um, situation, does the law now have capacity to move fast in those situations or is it still a little bit cumbersome and slow in terms of protecting women and children? I the law itself, I believe, is a little, still a little bit slow on that. There are sort of um, ancillary bodies which can, can, can help, you know, uh, protection agencies, yes. and, and they are taking on a bigger brunt of, of, of the work in uh, holding mm -hmm. women and children in safe environments. Um, yes. But, no, I, th I think there is definitely room for, for improvement and faster, faster action that can help. Yes. 
um, help women. And, and, and I, th- I think it's not even so much the speed at which these uh, processes take place is, is that the women mm-hmm. aren't actually being heard. You know, they're, 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 yes. A, a yes. real concern as to the safety of themselves or their children, and that's not being heard. Um, and yeah. I think perhaps where if there were more women involved in the higher up positions, I think that would that would certainly uh-huh. address that issue. That would, but, uh, yeah, that would certainly, often, certainly help. But it's often women have an intuition, a feeling: this is not yeah. right. Something bad's going to happen. Yeah, and for. Yeah people listening to them, if that's very hard to quantify or put into real and actual terms, but um, mm. talking to many, many women over many years, there's often that feeling of impending doom. And if we were able to listen to them in that instance and have it documented and have some safety around them, we would save a lot more women um, because our statistics are horrendous, aren't they, Hazel? Yeah. Yeah. Around the protection of women and children. Just not, yeah. not, uh, absolutely. Not I mean, well, yeah. I mean, most, most murderers, I think it's sort of in the 94, 95% are male. Yes. But most of the victims are female. Um, and it yes. tends to be more than in the domestic arena in which that, that violence is yes. occurring. Um, and it's just, I, I think it's also, if you kind of even look at politically where we're at now and yes. to, and, 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 and the allegations that are going on in government about who's Correct. listening to women and allowing them to have their say. Um, and while I don't agree with how the uh, attorney general's case was dealt with, I felt he needed to, something yes. stronger needed to be said against him. Absolutely. I'm it's, with you, um, Hazel. Yeah, I, I believe it needs to come also from the from the top down, and because we don't have a lot of yes. leadership, that that voice isn't isn't being heard, and it's not it's and, and not to say that these men are, are sort of making basing their decisions on oh, let's stick it to the women. It's just that they just don't. Know. Yeah, no, they just don't yeah. know. They just. No, yeah, the, there's not that same capacity to understand because they are not. A woman, a woman, and yeah. um, you know, it's been said to me before that oh, I can empathise with with what you've um, been through um, from uh, you know from a male person, but they cannot. They can be empathetic, they can be sympathetic, yeah. and they can have some understanding, but they cannot understand what it's like yeah. to walk the world as a woman who doesn't have equality and has less protections, uh, less say-so across politics and leadership. They can't understand. So whilst we have people in higher levels of power in Australia saying, oh, I, I understand. No, mate, you cannot understand because you not, you have not walked that walk and you can't hear it. You need to have women in that conversation and yeah. you cannot make that those decisions without women in that conversation. Um, Hazel, there's a wonderful way that you give back to women um, and I want you to tell the audience today about your um, empowerment wills and how a portion of those fees go back to women because yes. it's an amazing idea. Thank you. Yes, so I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite proud of this, I'll be honest. Um, so I've got one of my yes. wills services 
if people think it's a good reason to, to lend them some money. Um, but it, it does help a lot of people in sort of um, uh, Mozambique and uh, um, yes. not Botswana, actually, even though I was there, which I would certainly love to support, Philippines, Uganda, yes. Kenya, yes. Um, all, all over the place, yeah. It's fantastic. And Hazel, do you get to hear what that money goes to and what sort of um, ripple effect it creates? No, unfortunately, not so much of that. It would be yes. nice to see how they've how they've succeeded, but it just yes. uh, you know they tell you what they want the, the, the money for, and then they repay it once they were able to. So I guess from that we can just assume that they've they've been successful and what done what something done. really good. Uh, yeah, and some women come back for other, for other loans, and I think, uh, and then you can see that they're growing and uh, you know developing yes. and doing doing that doing their part for their community. Um, but yeah, but it would be lovely to hear a little bit of the backstory of how it all worked up. But unfortunately, you know, we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's wonderful that we have these sorts of um, give back. Um, options across the world now and I believe that we will start to see more and more of that creating that equity because I believe that there's enough abundance and wealth across the world to be spread out across all of humanity and that we shouldn't have poverty and that, that people should be able to have equal access to education and health and a safe place to live at the very basis that should be available to every human across the planet. And I believe that in this generation we have the capacity to do that. Um, Hazel, I want to know what the future holds and what some of your bigger visions for the future are. You're already doing really amazing work in giving back. What are some of the other things? What does, what does the future hold for Hayes Legal? And the Hazel Todd in particular. <laughs> um, I would like to see technology coming to, into play more in my business um, and yes. being able to then offer even a, a, a more effective service to, to people. Um, I think you can then use technology to uh, to counter those arguments, oh, I can't, don't have time to do it my will now, oh, it's too hard. Yes. And you can use technology to, to make that easier an easier process for people. Um, I would like to be able to um, move more of my resources and time into this uh, these empowerment wills, where yes. it's not it's not a it's not a, a large part, unfortunately, uh, at this stage. But I would like to be able to to move completely to that if the situation allows for it, and, you know, making the most of life. I mean, I think with dealing with wills and estates so much, you kind of, you're reminded daily of, of your mortality, and then it's sort yes. of a, a good reminder to make use of what, there's no guarantees, and make use of the time that we have. No. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, just live to the fullest. and Maybe maybe don't take things so seriously all the time. Um, you know, it's not, it's not going to be a big problem forever. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Hazel, your recommendation is that everyone should have a will and it, that it should be simple. And um, how often should people update a will? Yeah, everyone should certainly have, have a will. It just takes care of, uh, of those little questions that people might, will have, your family left over. You, you need 
too updated in any major life event. So if you've got divorced, yeah. have other children, that you're, uh, and when people are aging, it's not so much yes. when you're change your assets, although they can be. If it, most people, when they draft a will, they'll say, I leave it in shares, equal shares to my three kids. And yes. so we, we don't tend to, to anymore have these, you know, and I leave this to this person and my gold yeah. watch. So, although, although, of course, people do yeah. leave a few sentimental out. Yeah. But for the most part, it's divided equally. So it doesn't, so when your assets change, no, it doesn't matter. But it doesn't when matter. your needs change and if, you, if you're, um, you you might want to just sort of update more your the third prom of of your estate planning and get that yeah. information that needs to be put out there. And I think that's the most thing is it just um you know visit it revisit it once a year and just make sure it's all up, up to date. Um and it's you know I tend to sort of do these things in January. I do all my medical stuff in January yes. and all my, you know, yes. all updating of everything yes. in January. Yep. Just that's what works, yep. works for me. And it just, you know, it doesn't yep. actually take that, that long. And sometimes it's just sort of a nice reminder of, oh, yeah, that's where I was a year ago and, oh, I'm reaching my goals yes. and, I'm, you know, oh, yes. isn't that nice? Your life's changed. And it, it can be a beautiful moment if you if you have the right mindset to, to do that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Hazel, we are just about out of time. Thank you so much for coming on Radio Tony Everyday Business to talk about the wills, uh, wills and the importance of estate planning. For anyone in Victoria, don't forget to jump on to Hazel's website, um, hayslegal.com.au. The website has a wealth of information about all sorts of legal things from wills to empowering wills. And also, if you want to grab any of Hazel's books, we have the link both on the live comments. And if you jump onto radiotony.com and look under my uh, guests for today, you'll find all of Hazel's information and links and how to connect with her. Hazel, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to speak to me and talk about something that's so important, like wills and estate planning. It's been a fabulous conversation. Um, thank you so much. Fantastic. Thank you. I've really enjoyed talking with you too. Uh, yes, thanks for the opportunity. Um, that's our lot for this week, everyone. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our business show. Don't forget, jump on to radiotrainee.com and jump on and find out all the information that Hazel's talked about today and in particular links to her books that are um, written from an Australian perspective and also an international. So there's two versions, an Australian version and an international version. And for those of you living in Australia, connect with um, Hazel. She runs an amazing um, program with a whole suite of legal services. Hazel Todd, thank you so much for being on Radio Tony today. And that, my friends, is your lot for this week. See you all next week and bye for now.